Welcome to this episode of Threading Thoughts. We will be discussing the craft sector and the challenges it faces. India is home to a large number of craft firms, almost greater than 3,000 with artisans spread across the country working with paper mash in Jammu and Kashmir, Zardozi work in Uttar Pradesh, brassware in Haryana, Fulkari textiles in Punjab and so many many more from more southern states. The handloom and handicraft sector in India is the second largest employment provider after agriculture, but it is yet to be formally recognized as a sector and enjoy the benefits and privileges other industries enjoy. However, low pay, lack of exposure, inadequate client coverage, many financial constraints, appropriation and lack of sustained help and governance plagues the struggling sector. Mr. Somesh Singh is the co-founder of Craft Village. He is also an NIFT alumni, former director and member Board of Governors, IAM. He was former head of apparel and textiles at National Institute of Design, Ahmedabad, and innovation and design from the University of California, Berkeley, USA. A member NBEQF for apparel sector, AICTE under MHRD, and subcommittee on fashion and textile education, Government of India. During his tenure, NID has been awarded the Best Institute in Apparel Training from CMAI for four consecutive years. He has also been the keynote speaker at the Retail Summit, Indo-American Textile Summit, Design Summit and Guest of Honor in Symposium for Higher Education. He holds patents like the Paunch Proof, Eye Shops, Fashion Clinics and Folding Helmets. His work has been covered by Time Magazine, Reuters, BBC, CNN, Artsduck, USA Today, and many more. He has been a consultant to leading companies across India and the world. His publications include clothing from custom to customization, four S's of fashion, fashion education perception and realities, innovations in fashion and creating learning ecosystem, and many more. His core areas include research and development in functional and intelligent clothing, managing retail experience, perceptual ergonomics, fashion engineering with teaching specialization in design systems and processes and innovative thinking. In the last five years, he has worked tirelessly for the upliftment of the craft sector, creating new models and innovation for training, promotion and integration to technologies. So welcome to Threading Thoughts. Uh, I'm incredibly excited to have Somesh with us today. Um, there's a lot of um, indigenous and uh, arts and crafts, I think that either we are not aware of or we have not uh, supported enough. And it really helps that there are a few people who actually struggle to bring this to the fore. And we are so glad that uh, you know, we're able to talk to Somesh and get a better understanding of the sector itself, its challenges in the way that as a society we could contribute perhaps. Thank you so much. I, I'm sure you're incredibly busy, uh, always on the move. So it's really nice of you to join us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for inviting Bhadula. Thank you. So let me start off with uh, perhaps more like a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so what or who exactly do you mean by the craft sector? So, uh, you know, I don't think we have a complete understanding of what this involves or the different facets of it. And also we would also like to know, you know, some of the major challenges and what is the position today? Uh, you would have seen it as a, as a graph almost last couple of years. So perhaps that would help us. See, basically, you know, when we say craft sector, it constitutes of, you know, people 
who have been doing you know handmade and handicraft for many centuries so it's a it's a you know more or less the uh, i mean now people look at it in a very different manner but basically you know it was part of our culture it was part of our existence it was part of everything you know how we used to live in uh, various parts of our country so be it food be it clothing be it you know the furniture be it decor be it you know other utility and necessity items even utensils for the matter you know now you right. have steel and you have all those kind of things but earlier it was mostly terracotta and other indigenous material which was being used so everything had actually craftsmanship and uh, with changing time with the you know industrial revolution the whole gamut of industry uh, based you know products are industry based you know things came in and therefore you know this become more of a traditional sector you know than uh, keeping up a kind of you know pace with the modern industrial change so therefore i mean it is it was always part of our you know indian culture indian tradition and part of our life frankly but i mean because of all the change that has happened over you know last 19 20 21 century the entire thing the entire gamut has actually changed so therefore now we see the craft is coming from a different planet but it is not you know it's part of our tradition and culture and history and very much live even you know if you look at from move from india to bharat you see all those things you know still very very relevant and in context but but you know uh, and surprisingly the way that is being presented now in urban and global markets you know with melas hearts and everything people think oh this is something you know really interesting rural etc so that is that is how you know the basic concept is the another interesting part is that i call it a sector or many people call it a sector but this is not a recognized sector it is not i mean if you look at for example government's uh, definition of industry or right. kind of you know kind Absolutely. of sectors it has been given there is no recognition of craft into it and the surprising point is that it is not being recognized as sector despite having almost you know 25 to 30 crore people directly or indirectly engaged into you know uh, these kind of activities so the we call it sector so that some day you know all the policy makers are able to hear finally open people. their eyes perhaps right open their eyes and they say oh yes we have to you know wake up and we have to also make this a sector but internationally uh, what has been done interesting thing is that in uk for example or indonesia or many other countries craft art design all have been constituted under uh, creative uh, industries right so that's how you know it has been defined as a sector but in india not even we have never not even recognized fashion design you forget textile design or design as a matter forget about craft sector so exactly. none of the creative industries has got any attention in india but let's hope that someday you know somebody creative or somebody who understands these industries will come to power and they say yes there is a need for setting up a creative industry ministry of creative industries and a good you know dignity to these sectors and therefore you know this will become a definition in itself but at the moment it is all very very vague and very unorganized absolutely i mean so beautifully put because uh, the craft sector i'm going to call it sector because i hope at some point people recognize it as a sector the craft sector was always mainstream you know earlier on and that's what you keep reiterating that it was part of life itself the way people lived 
Um, the other issue now is that it's become very ancillary. It's no longer a mainstream uh, industry. So the moment it becomes ancillary, then you sort of lose whatever benefits or other uh, advantages that you can get for it. So that itself is, is very uncomfortable. But the other issue is also if you don't have a, a recognized sector, you don't get the support from uh, different government bodies for it as well. So now what happens is it's almost like an orphan sector right? yeah, or an orphan, uh, um, you know, craft uh, industry, perhaps that we can call it. So uh, these challenges are, are very difficult per se, but you know, from the artisan's point of view, right? Artisans rarely ask uh, for any institutional or government support. And uh, you know, but COVID has been extremely difficult, more than normal times. So how have they actually coped, you know, to, to get their industry up and running, to survive above and beyond that? See, basically one is that uh, artisans have always been asking government, but unfortunately, I think maybe, maybe their voice is too less. Not heard. Or they are speaking very slow that it is not reaching to their ears. So, <laughs> so it's not the point that they are not asking. They are all the time asking, but nobody is hearing. That is a dilemma of, you know, the <laughs> craft sector. The problem is that most of the activities is actually, you know, constituted by uh, you know, constituted by artisan and their families, communities, and even, you know, villages and other rural areas. Correct. But they have no say in the entire process. They have no say. It is, you know, uh, the craft sector has become a more of, you know, a political gamut, more of a socialites, you know, status symbol, talking about craft, doing some social charity and all that. Absolutely. Right. And then also, you know, suddenly, you know, see a lot of startups, you know, waking and, you know, doing all kinds of artisanal product in name of sustainability, organic and all those things. So the point is, it is a highly exploited sector. There's no direction to it. And unfortunately, the people who are involved and engaged into this entire process, they are not into the decision making or even into thought, you know, discussions and anything. So therefore, you know, I don't think anything is going to happen so soon and so early. So let us see. I mean, we are trying, other people are also trying. So let's see how far we are able to reach another few years. The second point is about the COVID. Uh, COVID has brought very, very difficult time to the sector. It was on its track. And of course, you know, it was giving livelihood, which is again, you know, not very optimistic because I mean, if you look at the United Nations, you know, UNDP's report, it says that from since 1990s, 40% have artisans have left their, you know, left their work and they've become a daily wage labor. So imagine the kind of skill loss, you know, it has already done. Absolutely. Right. And also, I mean, look at, you know, if there has been a lot of things happening into the sector, why would these people left their jobs? And move and to the completely for, yeah, unrelated sectors. Labor, which, is, which doesn't require any skills. So from highly skilled, to no skill. Imagine the kind of, you know, skill loss that has taken place in last, you know, uh, 40 years. So the point is that uh, what actually, you know, was the condition of the sector. It was not so good, you know, even before 2019. But 2020 and 21 actually broke the entire backbone. And many of these artisans are trying to now recover. I mean, I was talking to a lot of artisans. They said, you know, if, they, if their income was 100 rupees in 2019, 
2020 brought it to almost nil then they started you know picking up and now in 2021 it is around 60 rupees right so still you know 40 more percentage 40 more percent to recover so i don't know how many years it is going to take the second dilemma is if you look at the overall income of this community it is around 5000 rupees a month which is very very bad Correct. extremely bad i mean what happened very very poor yeah so the point is their families their sons and daughters even you know a lot of people they are looking at that there is no income in the sector so they are not interested to really you know retain or be into this sector for for that reason so economics is one major area which is really you know creating a lot of distress into the sector second is recognition of course you know because the problem is national award is only one this has happened if you look at the results of 2021 which is come you know 2018 they have announced in 2021 yeah so people keep on just waiting and you know uh, hoping that someday the applications will open they will apply so all these things you know you have to look at the money and recognition are two most important things for anybody you know i mean the same applies to craft sector as well Absolutely. so at least you know please let us you know give that dignity of life and dignity uh, in terms of you know what they deserve in terms of money etc we should give them and we should try and you know help them achieve that and that's the purpose if we are able to achieve i think we have done enough for this sector so this is the dilemma so therefore you know there is a lot of distress still and we hope that you know this distress will get better coming time no absolutely i i completely agree with you this is unfortunate that uh... you know there are a few who might not even understand what the sector is about but it becomes more of uh, you know, dabbling in social causes i think that is something that um, somehow uh, you know lessens this the seriousness of the issues uh, because the actual issues are never brought out and it's just more let's try and buy from them and then it just goes into a complete uh, completely different world so i i do agree but um, you know crafts and crisis you know usually during crisis crafts come to the rescue uh, they are also the most affected during crises so there seems to be some sort of a uh, you know this dependent relationship between them so how have they you know survived and especially helped heal in in times of great stress or crisis so you have to understand that you know craft can help and assist in crises but that is not going to you know happen forever i mean okay i mean for example you look at uh, uh, you know you look at uh, for example tsunami happened right so tsunami yes. dolls became very very famous you know for moroville correct so that was a symbol of hope you know that basically happened or even for the matter you know the most traditional one one can call as khadi right so i mean the crisis biggest crisis of indian independence saw you know such a massive movement in terms of you know developing our own fabrics you know and doing the entire theme or doing it the entire you know thought process of sudeshi so you know we created that so similarly you know if you look at for example i mean in the water crisis in uh, you know in rajasthan around churu district so the even you know uh, traditional paintings like for paintings that has been used to create awareness about you know water conservation so craft has always been a survivor you know for most of the crisis right and i've also written an article in which i've captured most of the type of crisis nature of crisis and how each of the craft form has actually dealt with it wonderful but point is you know i mean one has to also understand that if craft is dealing with the crisis and helping us you know overcome that crisis 
we have to also look at you know their crisis exactly and make sure that you know we we should also do something you know to help them you know ride over those crises but that is not happening so it is important that to build a symbiotic relationship between you know craft and crisis if it is enabling us to help stride over a certain kind of crisis we must also look at that and we also try and help it stride over certain crisis because it's a cycle you know if craft tomorrow doesn't survive how are you going to get rescued in this kind of crisis that is going to come and another very important point is today people are talking about sustainable life people are talking about organic you know material resources everything people are talking about responsible consumption people are talking about slow consumption people are talking about all these things but the question is if this is the crisis right this is a big crisis isn't it this is a global Absolutely. crisis global warming everybody is talking about most of the answer to these crises lies in most of the craft forms in each of the countries i'm not talking about indian specific in most of the countries the answer to these problems right which is a sustainability problem or anti dumping issues or even you know uh, even you know fast moving things you know i mean the point is why you keep on consuming senselessly because you know the object does not satisfy you completely right right but if you look at for example you know the products and objects which were made earlier it had a lot of you know a lot of linearity in terms of its life cycle because it used to somewhere connect to your emotions it used to satisfy you you know so therefore the longevity of those products were much much higher correct then what it is now so we have all the answers into these you know craft forms but point is has anybody really initiated a research has anybody started to collect information has anybody started to do documentation has anybody started to look into all these conventional things to basically find solutions to the problem that has been in existence for you know so many years so point is there is a massive crisis there is a massive crisis you know which is there right in terms of global warming and even if you look at for example you know it's very interesting that uh, you know uh, i heard from somebody very very nice they said you know craft is you know it's it's soft power right so it, it's such an ama- amazing thing you know global perspective that craft has that soft power and it's such a important thil- thing to build you know international relations and global relations but point is you know we have never really looked at you know craft as a strategic tool unfortunately it is just now remained as a an object correct an object which is also you know very poorly looking object you know it has no glamour or it has no luxury it has no premiumness nothing you know so that's the that's the unfortunate part no but it's very true so we have to help the helping hand uh, you know in case of a crisis we only get the help but we never realize as humans they have also gone through the same crisis or going through the same crisis but they absolutely is an above and beyond that so we never help the helping hand uh, very true but uh, as an artist i i hear you uh, artists per se are such a disorganized sector Uh, although they do try and i think we are slightly better off um, than the craft sector but extremely disorganized with uh, no clear guidelines to sustain and support arts so i i hear you completely on that but at the same time uh, from your perspective right so looking forward where where are your five suggestions to policy makers and general public to sustain and grow this sector what would be your five suggestions perhaps the point is first suggestion right is 
that we must build appreciation for indigenous things you know so it needs to be actually included from in education since beginning right so the way you know i mean we talk about a lot of things right we talk about sports for the matter right we talk about uh, festivals for the matter we talk about so many things but in our textbook does craft you know find a mention or it find a perspective which goes to students and they oh it's a timeless heritage and we need to Absolutely. really preserve so heritage at large it has to become part of the education culture right and starting from very early age so that you know we start believing in it we start building a value towards it we build an appreciation towards it and we feel that is important you know i mean the way we value money gold all sort of things Absolutely. this is also priceless this is also important right but there is no value perception to it so therefore i mean why it is necessary you know i mean money is necessary gold is necessary career is necessary but is craft necessary question mark no it's not because we never build a value perception so the first right. point is that. the second point is that we have to also look at i think we have to do a lot of documentation now first you know we have to understand this sector i mean right. in terms of if you look at revenue or if you look at numbers you get in exports okay. right because you know somebody is you know bringing in that perspective and telling you that okay you know we are not even 2% of the world uh, trade but in domestic market you know we have never done a study you know in domestic sector itself so all time all the time you know we keep on getting different figures from everybody so we don't know the reality Right. and also since we have not dug deeper into the entire space we really don't know the ground realities and people who work in ground realities nobody is hearing their perspective absolutely so it's important that we must do a comprehensive study and understand what is actually the genuine issue of this sector and how should we really you know then build a think tank which can think and then you know a lot of suggestion comes from all the quarters and that is culminated together in terms of policy right and uh, it's very interesting for example you know textile ministry has recently constituted a committee on handloom now point is the people in there i don't find you know them only to be very meritorious you know to do this entire thing you know there are so many other people whom we know i mean for example dr dali koshi you know he was the director of nid for two terms and he started his career from handloom now kind of insights in a way he will have nobody will Absolutely. have but and from the ground up of, you know such is not part of you know such tradition rajiv sethi is there he is also a guy a very very eminent man who's been working into the sector for a long time jay jetli is there so there are so many people you know i mean the point is from craft sector there is nobody from handloom sector there is nobody so the point is who's going to really make the policy correct so identifying the right stakeholders right experience and then bringing those kind of you know people together to form a policy will make a lot of sense you know then just doing you know with some people you know who really don't have the understanding and not even the background you know exactly i think i think representation matters uh, it's very very important it's a very important thing it's a very important thing because insights ultimately will lead to the you know realistic working on the policy no absolutely I mean, you just can't make it like that so that is third the fourth point is that we have to really you know uh, create a, a lot of value front end right because see everybody has been working back end now you go and start teaching you know an artisan i mean somebody from 700 years of lineage i mean what will i teach you know i don't have even spent 7 years into that but the irony is that i am the person who is teaching them i mean for what reason 
I mean, this is a completely stupid concept. So the point is cluster development in name of cluster development, we have to bring some sense to the entire project. Telling that, you know, is it really relevant that, I mean, these people who have very less understanding of craft, little understanding of design or fashion or textiles, they are going and they are just talking and training, you know, these artisans who have a lineage of 700 years. Absolutely. Let's make some sense. I think we should not do that. Rather, let them do what artisans are doing because they are doing something which they have full knowledge of, full history of, full, full right. aware of the context, insights. We should only begin where they end. And then, you know, try and see that how we can really do or add a lot of value to the entire process. Right. So let's not, you know, get into their space. Rather, you know, let them do what they are doing. And then where they end, then we start, you know, our thinking. And then we start seeing that, okay, what we should do next. Absolutely. That will then also preserve a lot of authenticity. It is got diluted because we have poked our noses into those process. We have changed the motives. We have changed the colors. We have changed the process, tools, everything. Now, as a result, you know, the entire product is now getting changed. So it will not be the same product. No? Evolution is fine, but evolution also comes with a lot of sense and understanding. You know, it should not be senseless, you know, senseless expansion, senseless, you know, intrusion into a certain craft. So it is very important that we should be make a lot of sense backend. We should not really destroy, you know, that particular section. I mean, which, which part of the process we get involved in, I think is more important, right? Not the raw process. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's more embellishing right. down the, you know, down the stream. So correct, in, correct. You know, downstream, I think we we tend to, as you correctly pointed out, we tend to go into the downs uh, upstream where we tell them this is the kind of motives or this is what we like. So slowly their styles or their uh, designs get lost because they have correct. moved to a different sphere. Absolutely. Correct, correct. And you know, one has to understand fundamental difference, which I am started to telling the world now that handmade labor versus artisan. Handmade labor is the guy who you tell what the design is, what the process is, what the product is, and they just do it. Versus artisan, artisan has their own creativity, their own sensibility, they have their own, you know, entire lineage coming, they have their own cultural understanding. And when they develop all the products, you know, based on what are their experiences, that is true artisanal product. Correct. Right. So the point is, you know, we have treated now everything at par. I mean, we think that, you know, artisans are also handmade labor. Handmade labor is handmade labor. Handmade. Let's handmade. understand the difference and let's not intrude there. I mean, I am very, very against, you know, destruction of heritage and culture without understanding. Please understand it. Then, okay, then it's your choice. But still, once you understand it, you'll never destroy it. Exactly. Correct. So the point is, you know, build at this understanding. Then the last point is that we have to also look at, you know, uh, global markets and brand building and everything. You know, see, the biggest problem is Mela Hat Bazaar were relevant at some point of time when it was into villages, right? With the barter system and everything. But city, when you come, you know, or you go to global, you know, places like, for example, New York, you go Tokyo. Now you see that entire places, you know, the entire places, uh, geography or the entire, you know, urban landscape is totally different. Right, right. Now, within that landscape, when, you know, it is dominated now by malls or with new shopping and retail format and now even online. Now, the point is, heart mela is not the right way of, you know, perception. That's not the right way of how you should really present because, you know, they will never get a value. To build a value perception, you have to really work towards brand building, right? So that, you know, somebody values and say, oh, 5,000 bucks for something. Oh, this is yeah, damn cheap. 
versus now i mean today if you they go to you know any hard bazaar oh, the bargaining the bargaining uh, is unbelievable why they are bargaining because they don't know about that product no because there is no perception i mean would you do the same with louis vuitton bags or with the cartier jewelry you will not do because you build a certain value perception in your head no through brand building and through retail formats to communication to everything so the point is in our cases even where artisan has spent 30 days in making for example a painting they'll find you know people standing and bargaining with them i mean that's so cheap you know you have to understand that 30 days is just asking some very nominal amount for very nominal spending. exactly so understanding is missing so therefore i mean we have to really work a lot front end we have to create lot of awareness to consumer and that can only happen through you know brand building and that brand building will finally help it from abhi kya hota hai now you know mostly we are doing daya bhavna with artisan na he is in distress chalo kuch khareed lete hain help se i mean that's the way how craft sector is now perceived i mean which is so sad so from you know from something like i mean not required or something where we are you know basically being very uh, you know i mean with this, we are seeing the sector with so much of daya bhavna no it is it has to be aspiring one isn't it that i aspire to buy this product i Absolutely. want to possess one piece of that and i've been aspiring that for you know so last 10 years now imagine the kind of value and inspiration it is going to build to those products you know rather than you know just selling those things on penury or some kind of you know donation based format that right. okay exactly. our artisans are dying just donate i mean why you don't need to and look at the you know imagery i mean the way we do photography of these products the way we capture artisans i mean they look that as if they are coming from a very poor planet you know right. i mean why what's what's that imagery i mean versus you look at european craft or japanese craft, look at their photography look at the sleekness look at the, look at the sophistication they are also handmade you know artisans they are also the artisans community they are craft and community but they never do you know these kind of mistakes right. so these are my five you know takeaways and suggestions absolutely lovely because as you say they are selling the poverty not the artisans or the artistry itself right, right. right. i think we yeah, really absolutely. need to understand that distinction they are selling the poverty very well sir yeah so uh, the problem is you know it's the picture that sells but not their artistry and as an artist it's it's, it's very hurtful uh, of course they're going through difficulty nobody saying no but it depends on what you want to project as you said it's the brand building as well what is it the brand that you're building is it uh, the fact that they are not able to afford things or is the fact that their their artistry is so alive <laughs> you know i think it's very very well captured absolutely <laughs> right i completely agree that you know we are not selling products but we are selling poverty absolutely and that is you know that is something really terrible about you know the craft forms how can you they are so rich i mean they will they are richer than even you know the richest person on this exactly earth. exactly the point is how have we really projected it in a in a penury in a poverty yes, in a, uh, we are confused about the measure of richness so it, it, at some point it's only not just the money or how much they earned but you know what is it that they have in their hand that you and i definitely don't so absolutely absolutely yeah but uh, i mean it's been such a pleasure uh, so much talking to you and it's really been nice it's been a big eye opener and uh, it, it, you know your passion just comes through in all your answers and i do hope at uh, some point you know people start understanding this this sector itself needs to be a little more uh, well developed well supported and also more importantly by people who understand the ground level 
you know, this is not like a photo op, which invariably that's what happens with craft sectors. So a little deeper understanding perhaps and um, a little deeper help, something that's required. So it's been such a wonderful time talking to you. So I can only thank you. Thank you. Well, before we end, you know, I just want to tell, you know, something really important. So recently I saw some articles, you know, that craft people, you know, the people working with craft sector have gone after Sabi Sanchi. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so a lot of news and buzz and everything. Now, the point is when I look from a neutral perspective, right? A designer who's a designer versus a people, you know, working in craft sector. Now, point is both of them are right at their own places, but also, I mean, what real difference that both of them have really made? Savisachi, at least, you know, he's done at least the commercial success. So I'm sure that he must have given, you know, so much of employment to a lot of people back end. And which is still, you know, and it's fine, you know, if they are looking at the business perspective. So one of the most important part is I was looking at fundamental issue and I realized that why there is a relationship like, you know, the designer and the artisans is so vague Correct. and more like a, you know, more like a brand or vendor relationship. So I dig a bit deeper and I, I just, you know, close my eyes and I went to my ID days. And I realized that, you know, we all did such a terrible mistake, you know, when we were educating children in design, we would always call craft person and they will come do some embroidery, do block printing. They were always like labor, you know, and even in exactly. exactly, they were never treated as a partner. They were never. Now, how do you suddenly expect that, you know, that each designer will start treating them as a partner? You never built a culture at first place in the basic education itself. Correct. So the point is before to blame Sabisachi or any such designer, we have to look at, you know, our own education system in the design and fashion colleges correct, and see whether, you know, we have done some kind of justice there. So there are a lot of deep rooted, you know, issues like this, which is there. And I think, you know, we really, this is a time that we should be really honest with ourselves, honest with the artisan community and, you know, take a pause and think that, you know, really, I mean, we are talking about all, everything in this world. But how honest we are really to this entire community per se, in terms of, you know, opening up partnership and, and you know, with the openness, you know, asking them, okay, you know, today or tomorrow, you know, we share the same dais or the same, you know, uh, table, etc. And, and the same strategy position. I think this is all, you know, just big discussions. I don't think that none of this is going to really happen. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, at least this issue has brought to the fore a lot more discussions. At least that is one positive. So I'm I'm glad about that. But but let's see how it takes us further. Yeah. So sure, thank sure. you so much, so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you. So thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.